0: We are very encouraged to hear what God is doing through City Life to change lives. If you have a story to share of how City Life has impacted you, please let us know at stories at citylifefw.org. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We are all about making Jesus known. We pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture? Enjoy the message.
1: Would you go ahead and get your Bibles, and your notes out if you have a Bible? I really love for you to open your Bible up to Matthew chapter one, verse eighteen. Get something to write on. Write a few things down because I believe that God's going to download something really special for you today. All right. Well, um, while you're getting your Bibles, notes out, to get you Matthew one eighteen. Uh, quick question how many of you guys have just some favorite Christmas movies? I I do, I do, I do. And um, I actually, for the first time in my life, put together my top 10 Christmas movies, my favorite Christmas movies of my lifetime. And so I'm kind of interested, you know, if it would be one of your favorites as well so you can kind of lift your hands on these but i want to share them with you uh now, now the first one really starts off with with one that was my favorite one when i was a kid when i was a little child my favorite christmas movie was a 30 second movie and i still love it today it's rudolph the red Nose reindeer right don't you love it yes i loved rudolph i mean i knew that i was rudolph and 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 it just and that was me i was rudolph and and everything in my life just didn't work out but and i even kind of had a funny nose or something and 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 i got chosen by santa of course i knew i was raised in a pastor's so home in church i knew all of it was was not true and fake but i loved the story don't you love it okay how many, how many of you you would, you you remember it and you loved it you you really loved rudolph the red nose i like oh see some of you younger guys yes see? You know about the good things of life. Uh, okay, well, that's one of them. This is not like number 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. This is just kind of like through my life. I, I kind of just did this through my life. And then the next one I would have to say was a Charlie Brown Christmas. I love it. I love it. Okay, for those of you who are younger, you don't understand when a TV show came on in those days, you had to like look it up when it was going to come on, and you set aside everything. I mean, you did everything possible to watch that television show. And I, as a pastor's kid, I hated it when they put those good shows on, like on Sunday church nights. I mean, I was just made me so upset. I was like, "It is a, it is, it is a strategy against church or something like." That. That's really what I believed. But I loved it when I would watch this, and I loved a Charlie Brown Christmas. And here's why: because. Right near, about two-thirds of the way, through the story, Linus goes up on the stage, and he tells the real Christmas story, the story of Jesus, and everybody's like, oh, so that's what Christmas is all about. And I love a Charlie Brown Christmas and his little Christmas tree. Don't you love it? Okay, all right, here's the next one. The next one is from my childhood also. It's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The, the, the original, the original. Now, interesting, I do remember this. They would always show that back-to-back with Rudolph. Rudolph would be first, then right after that would be How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's how they did it every year when I was growing up. And and, and I I loved that. I loved that show. I uh, didn't like him very much, but I just loved the whole show. Now, growing up, actually, I began then to adopt an appreciation for some christmas classics and so i'd say the next christmas movie i grew to love was miracle on 34th street yeah i've already seen that this year i've seen most of these already this year and and uh, and i actually i still prefer the original i like the original where they bring in the letters and dump them on the on the judge's uh desk and and he makes the ruling that there really is a santa claus but i, I love miracle on 34th street another one It's a Wonderful Life, how many of you, yeah, Jimmy Stewart, Uh, yes, every time a bell rings an angel gets his, we see, and some of you who are going, what are they talking about, it's your fault, you missed out, yes, you need to watch It's a Wonderful Life, and don't get discouraged halfway through the movie if they've said nothing about Christmas, because it's a Christmas movie, all right, I love it, I love it, another one, then then moving a little later on, then the the crazy Christmas movie started coming out, I, I think it kind of started with another of my favorites, which I've already seen, the Santa Claus, oh yeah, don't you love it, Tim Allen, and you know, Christmas hilarity. Love that one, and it's just, it's just, it's, it's now a Christmas classic for us. And, and then there's another one which we'll be playing like 24 hours a day right before Christmas or whatever, and we all know what that is: A Christmas Story. You'll shoot your eye out. Now, watching this show, I, I, I liked it because it had all the imagery of of, 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 my childhood days, except a little earlier, and but. But there were so many things that I remember from my childhood in there. And plus, he wore glasses, and I understood. It's like, I understood, and then he broke his glasses, and I understood because I would always break my glasses. I just felt... Like, I knew that kid. Like, that kid is me. You know, a lot of times you see yourself in movies, yeah, Rudolph was me. He, he was me also. Uh, another one uh, that I, I grew to love then uh, that, uh, that that came out a little bit later was the new and revised version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I love it. Love it. I love it even when they put in some of the lines from the original movie into Of course, I know all of them, and that show makes me very, very, very happy. Uh, another one that I love is elf how many of you guys like like elf i love elf i love elf i mean just uh, where do you start with elf if just it's just fun from beginning to end i mean i still just want to eat cotton balls you know i i, I love it but and and, I, and i've even like gone like in new york city kind of like retrace the steps of of elf i mean I, I don't know i don't understand it's funny because i was at my father-in-law's uh, over thanksgiving and and uh and Elf was on, except it was on mute, and there were no subtitles, but I found myself standing in front of the TV, quoting every line that they were saying, and then I realized it, about ten lines into it, I thought, I've lost my mind. I I, I actually have this entire movie memorized. It's very scary, but I love it, all right? And and another one, okay, and here's here's the the, the tenth one of mine. The Polar Express. Oh... (laughs) Now, that is, a, that is a warm fuzzy. You definitely, IMAX 3D, if you ever get to see it that way, that is the way to see it. You see, I felt like the little boy, you know, in the movie. I, I, just, I just felt like him. And again, so, many of the image, so much of the imagery in that movie is stuff from my childhood. And so I, I, I just loved it. I loved the reality of it, yet there was no reality to it at, at the same time. And then Josh Groban goes down there and sings Believe. And yeah, oh yeah, then you feel like you're at church or something like that right in the middle of it. But uh, well my favorite part of that movie is when the conductor, the very end, takes the boy's ticket and begins punching it out from B to believe. Remember that? Believe, believe, and that's a question I want to ask you today: Believe? Question mark. Do you really believe the Christmas story? Now. I'm not talking about the Christmas story from that show because we know that's all fake. But you know, forget Santa, forget Rudolph. Do you believe the Christmas story as it was written 2,000 years ago about the arrival of Jesus on earth? In fact, I believe it because it's so outlandish that you can't help but believe it because nobody could have created a story like that to start a, a worldwide religion because it doesn't make any sense. It all starts off with poverty. You know? Do you believe it? And have you ever really considered how this story impacts your life today? Because really there's so much wrapped up in this story. Uh, In fact, really most of us we can assume that if Jesus came to earth today, we would think, well, uh, Jesus would have chose maybe a clean-cut, uh, educated, well-off family for him to grow up with, so he could go to private school and, and all that kind of stuff. We, we would most likely assume that God would announce his birth uh, to a select group of prominent megachurch pastors at a quick little convention so they could broadcast it across television shows. That's what I would think. I mean, really, if I were doing it, that's, that's probably what I would do. Yet, the reality of the Christmas story shows this huge difference between God's ideal, what God wants to do, and our way of doing things. And today, Jesus might have been born to a hardworking mechanic in a low-income neighborhood with his waitress fiance, And perhaps the angels would have appeared to a group of maybe ex-convicts who were in this labor pool working... uh, late-night job cleaning up all of the mess at at and Stadium, cleaning up everybody's beer and junk. See, we often forget how far Mary and Joseph really were from any type of social prominence and how the shepherds were really viewed as very unclean and unworthy, especially by Jewish standards. Yet each person... In that story, they crowded around Jesus' manger on that holy night. And really, you look at their stories, they had experienced rejection and isolation and hard times. They all dealt with worry and anxiety. and They were all struggling to find hope. I know you might say, yeah, but the wise men were there and they had it all together. Actually, the wise men weren't there. (laughs) No, they didn't. They weren't there. They came to Jesus' house probably up to a year and a half to two years later after the event. Understand that? Those are the ones that were chosen to be there first. These were the people who were rejected and who were hurting that Jesus said, God said, I'm going to start this new thing with these people right here. They were the special people chosen by God to experience one of the most holy events in the history of
0: the world.
1: Think about it. He, he saw their hearts. He valued their true worth when nobody else did and nobody even respected them enough to give Mary and Joseph a place to stay except in a barn or to have a job any better than living out in a field. And really... Nothing has changed and it's the same today because his attention and his affection and his direction toward you, it's, 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 all, it's, all, it's all going toward you right now and it doesn't matter whether you're broken or rejected or you're hurting, he loves you and you have to move beyond some kind of a mental ascent of God loves me to like God loves me. I'll say I have to think that Mary and Joseph are probably two of the most unlikely candidates to be the parents of Jesus christ himself the king of kings and the lord of lords and and nothing was really going as planned in their lives i mean if their meager economic conditions in their little tiny town wasn't tough enough and it was a very backward town uh, the history tells us that as well then you know their simple lives were interrupted in a way they had never dreamed and their plans were altered by god himself And the truth is, it kind of freaked them out. I'm I'm a guy who's a planner. I like to plan strategically. I like to have strategic plans because... I don't like to live a life aimless, and I share that with you a lot, and I encourage you in that as well. I also like to plan scenarios. I, I do a lot of scenario planning. So, well, if this happens, then we, then we move that way. If that happens, we kind of move that way. Uh, but but because I know that really, in all honesty, things tend to not work out according to the strategic plan, uh, the way you anticipate. In fact, it seldom does. But but. I've thought out some various scenarios and sometimes I think about exactly how things are going to be executed and, and I, I think about how it's all going to come together, but sometimes even my scenario plans are turned upside down and then there's no plan at all. You ever been there? Any of you there like right now? You're going, okay, what's next? I mean, You're cruising right along into your destiny on destiny highway and all of a sudden, bam, everything comes to a grinding halt. And if you're not experiencing that now, or if you haven't experienced it recently, you just might be experiencing it here in the next few weeks or months. So listen up. I mean, the company falls through. A relationship falls apart. Maybe an accident takes place, or a loved one passes away, and your head starts spinning, and you're going, now what? God, how could you let this happen? God, this is ridiculous and you see you had everything planned out and now this happens i mean you even ask yourself did i even hear from god in the first place does god even care i remember feeling that way when when i made the decision to come and move here and be here and, and and i just really felt that this big next step was from god and i got here and just hit barrier after barrier after barrier after barrier i'll never forget that first christmas that i was here in december of 2008 we were so low so challenged economically so frustrated like god what in the world is going on that i went to walmart and found a five dollar little christmas tree that was on clearance and i bought that little tree and put it up at the house and said there it's christmas i didn't even want to do that so you, you understand So what do you do when things don't go as planned? Do you panic? Are you going to get angry? Being a pastor's kid raised around a lot of people and being around a lot of people who've hit crisis points in their life, I mean, here's the things that I see. I mean, I do see people panic or get angry or just say, well, I'm going to quit church because it's the fault of church. Or or even worse, I'm going to quit God because obviously it's God's fault. Or I give up. You go and hide out of embarrassment because of what happened to you. It's like, well, all the other people at church are so good, and I've got to hide because of this happened to me, or just get high, or maybe just, I'm just going to uproot and go go away and start over. But I'm telling you what, you see those things on the screen? If, if you do this stuff, you will remain in your cycle of despair, going nowhere, slowly dying and hating every minute of your life, and that is not the full life that Jesus brought you through his coming i believe there are some answers to these situations that are in the christmas story because joseph's life was turned upside down by an unexpected interruption as well look at it in matthew chapter 1 verse 18 a very poor working man maybe about 17 years old Matthew one eighteen. It says, "This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph." I oh, me explain something to you. A pledge to be married was like a high, kind of like like is like an engagement, except it was a committed engagement. It's like we're we're, we're married, but we're not actually living together. We're not actually. We're not consummated the marriage, but, but it's, it's like everything is, is ready to go. All we have to do is the ceremony. So it was a little different then. So she was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public digra- disgrace, he had in his mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, planning on it, <laughs> the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the dream and said, "Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid." Important words. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. See, she'd already told him that, and and uh, like. He, he's like, uh-uh, this, this, this is weird. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, I've seen some movies about this stuff. It's not true. God says, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. That's important. And he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Now, you look at this story, we kind of put little happy lights and sound behind It's like, oh, how romantic. No, 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 no. Joseph wasn't expecting this at all. Mary is about to get a divorce summons from him. And he knew there was no way his soon-to-be wife should be pregnant and any man would be pretty ticked off at that right oh it's from god right yeah and he also knew certainly no way was she having his child he knew that was impossible and so he's saying okay god made her pregnant right it wasn't the way things were supposed to happen in his mind and in his very simple world all of a sudden he was always trying to do the right thing because it said he, he he obeyed the law and he really feared the law but all of his dreams and plans were now upset and they were just it was just interrupted how embarrassing for her how embarrassing for him so joseph just decided i'm gonna leave her and god spoke to joseph and said joseph son of david do not be afraid now, now, why did he say this? Because Joseph was afraid. He was full of anxiety. And his fear and his anxiety w- w- was driving him to actually make a really, really bad decision. And really, God just wanted Joseph to trust him. Just like he's wanting you to trust him today in the middle of your unexpected interruption this Christmas. So when things don't go as planned, I mean, trust God. Trust is actually the one word on that banner over there that people chose for this next year more than any other word? Did you know that? That's a big word for us. Trust. Joseph had to drop his fear and trust and give his anxiety over to God. But but trust isn't easy. It's easy to say it, but it's not easy to do it, because. We like to be able to see everything. We like to see all the detail of what's ahead. I and mean, even GPS is now so beautifully complex that you can see different layers. You can see, I, I, I looked at GPS the other day because I was gonna, I was gonna go home from here to, to home on, on foot and on bike. And, and I looked at the terrain. I was able to see exactly how many feet I was going up and down. It's just it's crazy what you can do with GPS. I know, you love it, but, but God doesn't speak to us through GPS. He just kind of tells us, here's what's out there. See, Joseph got this overview Basically that there's a child in Mary's womb and it's from the Holy Spirit and it's gonna save people from their sins and his, he is going to be known as God with us and his name's supposed to be Jesus. That's it. That's all he got. All the other stuff you know about Jesus and all the other stuff you know about the, the gospel from there on out, he didn't know. He knew nothing. He, he was given four things and that's it. And it was actually pretty stinking vague except the name Jesus. That's all he got. Sometimes God gives you that same kind of vague glimpse into the future. And then God at the same time says, don't be afraid. I want you to trust. Remember this. His word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. It's kind of like the headlights on your car. You you can't see everything. You might be able to see 100 yards max. So what you have to do is you actually have to trust. God's saying to you today, just like he did to Joseph then, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid afraid. And Joseph trusted. And his unexpected interruption actually became a blessing to all mankind. So in the midst of your unexpected interruption when things don't go as you had planned, obey God. You know, that is actually the attitude that goes along with trust. See, obedience is an action. Uh, trust is kind of like the attitude. Really, the obedience is where the river meets the road uh, because we have to obey God. Eventually, with Joseph, there were going to be more dreams and some more angelic visitations for him, and God slowly showed Joseph more and more of what was going to happen and what he needed to do. But Joseph did not get all the revelation at the initial moment. He basically got this 30,000-foot view, and I mean, he just kind of glanced at it, he simply basically got this one directive from God. Well, two, uh, take, him, take, take this woman as your wife and call his name Jesus. And uh, for some of you today, listen up, listen up. Just because you don't have all the answers and just because you don't feel a total surreal peace, you know, oh, I just feel peace. I, that's nice, but sometimes I just don't feel all peace. <laughs> You think Jesus felt peace as he was getting ready to go to the cross? Yeah, it still the right thing? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we misinterpret what peace means, and we think it's just this this state of floating around and being all happy. You're nervous, but you still have to obey God. You don't see everything, but God says to you, just like he did to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. When things don't go in the way that you have them planned, also you have to know that God is in control. He really, really is. That's overstated sometimes, but we just don't really live it out. It's kind of like this trite statement. But the, the, the real, reality of it is this. We like to control things. And we like to control things things according to our own comfort. Think about it. I mean, comfort, it's less risky, right? It feels good. But don't let your comfort come in the way of you being everything that god wants you to be know that god in control is going to make it okay for you now to be uncomfortable because you know joseph was uncomfortable from that moment on if joseph had put his own comfort above his purpose we wouldn't be talking about him today i mean little boys wouldn't be dressing up like him in nativity scenes standing there you know hey let me tell you something you can't play it safe your whole life and expect to fulfill your destiny and purpose you must know that god is in control and you are not and you 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 can't let the what ifs control you what if i fail what if what if i get made fun of what if i get into this new relationship and, and and i get hurt again or what if i look stupid or what if i don't have the funds well you will never know unless you trust god and actually obey him you'll never know But you have to know this, he is in control. When you come to the end of your life, I mean, what do you want to have? More regrets about the risks you took or about the risks you never took and just chose to live in fear and some kind of pseudo comfort. God says to you, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. I know, you were just moving right along and all of a sudden your marriage crumbles and the company did fail and you lost your job financial aid was denied and maybe you lost your place to live it's another unexpected interruption but when things don't go as you planned you've got to keep moving forward you have to move forward see the only way to see farther down the road is for you to actually keep going you know that and, and when you need to know more God will tell you more when you get there but you have to keep moving forward to make that happen and, and I say that regardless of the type of interruption that you faced or, or even whether you caused it or not because if some of you are saying well this interruption is caused by my own stupidity well maybe, maybe not but God is saying now okay, now it's time to move forward don't be afraid if Joseph and Mary had not moved forward and stepped out in huge faith everything would be different today See, I know this. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Yes, I do. But you know what? It's ordered of the Lord, but you actually have to move your feet. You have to take the steps. And if you trust God, then with every step, you will find the provision. You'll find the favor. You'll find the wisdom. You'll find the victory. You'll find the revelation so that you can take yet another step and another step because that is the way it works, my friend. Uh, sure like that's uncomfortable i know that and absolutely you will be nervous and but that's actually where you get stretched and that's where it's healthy so you actually become more of who god planned you to be when you begin taking those steps plus with every single step you're you're experiencing this stretching experience which means you're growing you're becoming more and more mature in fact your capacity for your future grows with every step that you take so joseph son of david do not be afraid when things don't go as planned, then just believe. See, a true life of faith is being in over your head. It really is. While you take steps forward. <laughs> Think again of the words spoken to Joseph. Do not be afraid. Fear will cripple you. Fear opposes faith. Your anxiety regarding the unknown will stop you from doing anything good. But the unknown is where the miracles happen. Believe. I'm nervous. Of course you're nervous. But you cannot let fear keep you in that same place. Anytime you want to try something new, you're going to feel paralyzed, but that's when you need to believe and you've got to step out. And what if you take those new steps And you're happier than you've ever been. You're more fulfilled than you've ever been. Or you're more financially blessed than you've ever been. Or you're stronger than you've ever been. Or you begin to excel like never before. Or discover talent you didn't even know you had. I mean, every time, for me personally, when I have had an unexpected interruption, I have had to step into the unknown, and I never liked it. And I had to fight fear. Yet at the same time, I had to believe. When we started this church, I had to fight fear like you have no idea. I had to believe. I had to walk, walk, walk. Walk where I've never walked before. Stretched. But that stretching enlarges the capacity. And every time I became a better person. See, your future is in the unknown. Your destiny is actually what you feel unqualified for right now. Keep stretching, keep believing, keep dreaming, keep taking steps, keep obeying God, keep trusting God. Some of you, your unexpected interruption is about ready to launch you into this whole new level this next year. And it's God who's been working with you and for you all the time. My friend, God has a plan. See, Joseph dared to step into the unknown, and his world was changed. Our world has changed as a result of that. And God puts us in situations where we can't do it on our own, on purpose. And He's not abandoning you. He's not destroying you. He's interrupting you so that you can walk into your destiny. You're being stretched. You're being prepared for that next level. Even those words that you wrote down about next year... All this has begun stirring in your mind because you're believing for that future and you know that it's coming to pass. And when those unexpected interruptions happen, you might feel prompted to do something that you've never even dreamed of doing before. People might look at you and say, you're you're crazy. But God is still God in your interruptions. And if you're not willing to step into the unknown after your unexpected interruption, you'll never enjoy the fullness of who you were created to be. The Lord says to you, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Let's pray. God, I pray across this room. That fear will be broken in Jesus' name. I pray that anxiety will cease. God, I pray for belief just to well up in our hearts, knowing that you, God, are in control, even in the middle of the unexpected interruption. God, we choose to trust. God, we choose to obey you. God, we choose to move forward in Faith, knowing that our best is yet to come. May this Christmas be a powerful revelation of everything you want our lives to be. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: City Life is able to continue making Jesus known through the consistent investments of many. And if you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at CityLifeFW. Org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we look forward to seeing you on Sunday.